0: What kind of generational changes can I make or improvement can I make? You know, curiosity feeds that passion and you can grow to a limitless potential. You're listening to the Expertish podcast. Be sure to head over to iTunes or Spotify and tell Jay what you thought about this episode. Expertish is where you can learn how to invest from those who have, those who are, and have some fun along the way. Are you ready to start?
1: Okay, welcome to this episode of Expertish Podcast. And today we're fortunate to have on an active duty Marine, Hutch, the Marine Investor. As a matter of fact, how's it going today, Hutch? Uh, It's going great. It's going great. First, I want to welcome you to Southern California with a new move, it sounds like.
0: Yes, sir. It's great being out here. Well, this this is actually your second time out here. Mm -hmm. First time was from 2013 to 2017. We moved Mm -hmm. down to Florida. Uh, Pensacola, Florida, and just moved back 16 days ago.
1: Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, congrats. Welcome back. I just spent some time in Pensacola as well. Um, aviation side for the for the Navy. So it sounds like that's you on the Marine Corps side, right? A little aviation? A
0: little bit of aviation, but more, more so on the maintenance side. So I was mm-hmm. there the second time around as a instructor for the maintenance officer. So I, I had a very close relationship working with the Navy, of course, Navy and Marine Corps mm-hmm. in, in the schoolhouse in, in Milton. Um and it, was, it was a great time.
1: Okay. Awesome, man. Very cool. Well, welcome back out here anyway. So hopefully we'll get to do some cool stuff together. Absolutely. Well, how about uh, if you don't mind starting out give us a little bit about uh, your background as far as like, you know, what brought you to the military in the first place? And then we'll get into what brought you to investing.
0: Oh man, so this is a story that, you know, I forgot what happened, but recently something happened that triggered this memory in me, right? You know, a lot of times, um, you know, we, we go to psychology, all the, the medical profession to figure out why we act a certain way or why we have certain beliefs, right? But something happened recently that triggered this memory. Um, And my, my late friend, um, Derek Holly. he said that, you know, there's two important days as a Marine, right? It's the day you step on the yellow footprint and the day you realize why you stepped on the yellow footprint, you know, and that has been in my mind for for a while, right? And it was not until about several months ago, it hit me why I'm in the Marine Corps. See, when I was in third grade, in the third grade, I read this newspaper article. Um, It was a part of this document that we had to read. It was mandatory reading this newspaper called The Children's Own in Jamaica, right? And I was in third grade. I remember reading this story of a Jamaican gentleman. He was stationed on a ship and he was working on an aircraft. And at that point, I made up in my mind that if I ever go to the United States, I want to join the military and I want to work on aircraft. And just lo and behold, that happened. So I believe I am in the Marine Corps today because of a burning desire from a child um, of wanting to work on aircraft in the U.S. military.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. It's kind of cool to have that revelation at any time, right? You know, just just (laughs) not even in your head for that whole time. When did you come to the U.S. actually?
0: Yeah, so I came, I came to the U.S. in um, August of 1998, right? A young, um, fresh, I wouldn't say fresh out of school, because it, this is a story that I, I don't think I've said this publicly, <laughs> right? But my wife, have heard this story several times. When you go back way into your life, you can figure out certain little things that have happened that put you in the exact place that you are today. Yeah. And one of those things for me was that I spent only half a year in the first grade. Okay. Right. So I spent half a year in first grade when they have to turn six in January. And then I was able to move from first grade to second grade in September. And then I continue on the regular, regular path of school year. So I worked for a year in Jamaica, I graduated early, graduated 17 because I only spent half a year in first grade. And then I worked for a year, came to the States in 98. Okay. So by the time I came to the States, I already had some work experience, I already graduated from high school. So I, I, I was ready for to create better things for my future. So when I came up, still had that burning desire, wanted to join the military. My dad advocated for the Marine Corps because um, the Marine Corps is disciplined and they had a beautiful uniform. I like, (laughs) look, I grew up with my mom for most of my life, and my mom was very structured, very loving, very humble, but very structured. So I, I, I appreciated structure and the Marine Corps provided that for me, you know, so when my dad advocated for Marine, when I talked to the recruiter, I let him know exactly what I wanted. I'm not leaving my house unless I have an aviation job because I, I, I understood at a young, tender age of 18 that, look, um, you need to have something to fall forward yes. on, yep. right? So for me, um, being in aviation was my trade to fall forward on whenever I get out of Marine Corps and I, I needed a trade or or skill to maintain my life lifestyle.
1: That's awesome that you had that. uh, You thought of it in that way. And we barely mentioned mindset before we started recording, but I think that it's almost like a precursor to why your mindset is the way it is. You know, like you, you naturally, you know, had at least that little inkling of that type of mindset when you start, you know, moving to the States and had that little bit. And obviously that grows. And when you start in one path, I think whether it's your mindset, the investing path, your career path, all those things grow in the direction that you point them. But if you don't point in a direction, you know, you're, you're just stagnant. You don't go anywhere or, or you go backwards, man. So I think that's, that's huge to see that you, um you had that going forward. And I, and I find, and tell me this, cause now, you know, you're that mentor, you know, to, to those 18 year olds coming in and, and stuff okay. and helping them form that lots of jokes about millennials and, you know, not having drive and stuff <laughs> like that. But I tell you what I found before I retired was a lot of times they were so much more well-prepared then we give credit for, you know, not everybody, but it's everything, you know, everybody's individual. But some people come in, I mean, there was kids coming in that had a 10-year plan starting with what they were doing there and they were executing it. And to me, that's phenomenal.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is, right? So I I know for a lot of older folks, and look, the only people, I mean, the only spiritual being that like change is a a baby with a dirty diaper, Yeah, (laughs) right? So for us older heads who we have a, a paradigm about about the military, right? Mm-hmm. And we 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 are stuck, or you know, or we have the tribal knowledge of how we're supposed to be as a marine, how we're supposed to be as a sailor, air force guard, whatever the case soldier, whatever the case may be. We get stuck in the mindset. And when we see the cultural change, changes that are happening, we are very reluctant to accept that change. But look, I am one of those guys who leverage the experience, knowledge, and you know, the 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 especially the technological knowledge of these young millennials coming in the Marine Corps, right? Because they have access to significant more information than I had going through high school. Look, I went to high school in Jamaica and we had we had a few typewriters in the school. We had no computers, right? I had to walk several miles to go to the bus station. You know, my kids doesn't relate to that, right? right? The, the Marines that I'm leading right now can't relate to that, right but it is the change that we have we have to accept mm-hmm. you know with these with these millennials and just know how to leverage the things that they have learned in the times at the time that they were brought into this uh, this realm in right. other words
1: no no for sure and i think yeah. that um you made a great point there on that perspective of There, uh, a lot of people aren't going to know your particular situation and what you had to do to get there. Right. But I think another blessing from that too, and I found that any issues or problems or things that you've had to deal with, or I've had to deal with, it gives you more awareness that other people that I don't, I know more now than ever that I have no freaking clue what anyone has gone through. So, you know what I mean? And you never know where right. that person is. And it might not be someone right. that, that has an outward sign of, you know, where they're coming from or what their perspective is. And I think as a leader or as a mentor in anything, military business or anything, you have to keep that open mind of going, Hey, why is this person not capturing this? Or why can't this happen or this happen? There might be something like, you know, yours happened to be a deep root, you know, from you know, what, six and eight and, you know, up to 18 of knowing these things are where you wanted to go. There might be other issues that are hindering people from getting somewhere from those same time frames that they're not even, you know, cognizant of. And being yeah, aware of that, I think it can help you guide guide people to you know a better direction.
0: Yeah, most most definitely. So, um, two situation happens, right? I had a, I had this young gentleman. I'll, I'll only give his first name, Anthony. Right. So Anthony was a young Marine. I was serving with in combat, and I was trying to figure out why can't Anthony. Perform like everyone else? Why is he not getting it? And I was leading Anthony with the same leadership style that I gave everybody else in the work center, but Anthony was not that guy, right? Anthony was, was a guy who came from a very broken home, from foster home to foster home to foster home, right? And he didn't really had anyone to... To really treat him like like an adult or or a a phenomenal human being or elicit that greatness that was within within him, right? So it took some sitting down with it with with Anthony, and I'm only using his first name because yeah, of course you know in the military for sure last name, but yeah, I, I worked with a lot of Anthony, but this guy, <laughs> I just couldn't figure out why he couldn't get to him, and it took actually sitting down with him and learning his story. What is his story? Well, and also, you know, what is, those, what is the story that he consistently tell himself, right? See, we will never be able to influence an individual if we do not understand this story, not just their background, but what is that story that they repeatedly tell themselves. And once you figure it out, it gives us a foundation, I believe, as a leader to, to better serve those Marines, sailors, airmen, Coast Guard, soldier that we, that we are entrusted to lead. Very important right? Yeah. Um, then we had another guy, Brad, right? We'll mention the last name. But so Brad, Brad was going through some issues. He had some issues ad- adapting in, in combat. And in the military, our instinct or our training is to send these guys and gals to the professional, send them to the chaplain, send them to the psych, whatever the case may be, so they can get these professional help, right? And I send Brad to a couple of different um, chaplain interviews and conversation. And I finally asked, I asked Brad after about a couple of days, Brad, how are you doing? right? Of course, I addressed him by his rank and yeah. last name. How how are you doing? He said, you keep sending me to these folks and I don't believe they're the solution to my problem. I need you in my corner, right? So it makes me understand that, look, in order for you to be able to lead any individual, you really have to know their story. You've got to know their yeah. state, their story, and then collectively help them to figure out a strategy for them to become the best version of themselves. Right. Know? So, yeah. To, to your point, that's huge. we are all individual. Yes, sir.
1: That's huge. And it's also, I don't know, it, it has to be acknowledged that in this case, you know, uh, this gentleman recognized what he needed. You know, he, he, you know, went to where he told and stuff, but he was, I guess, aware enough, self-aware enough to realize what he really needed and be able to verbalize that to you. That's that's pretty empowering too. And I'm sure empowering to you to go, oh crap, you know, like I get it, that's, you that's right. know? Yeah, yes, that's sir. huge. Yes, and, and you never know the other thing with leadership in anything before we get into the investing thing, but Uh, just in general, you never know what you say or what you do, which direction that how that's going to impact someone or someone else overhearing or listening or something. And, and I always feel like for every story or something that someone tells me like, Hey, you know, 10 years ago, you mentioned this and it really helped me do X, Y, or Z. And you may not (laughs) even remember that conversation because you, it's one of a thousand conversations in a day. But anytime I hear that, I feel good for like half a second. And then I'm like, man, how many times did I maybe say the wrong thing or the, or not intentionally and then maybe it impacted someone that I never hear about and it impacted them in a negative way. So, I mean, our, our our words and our actions, man, there's a consequence, right? And consequences to all of them. We have to be aware of that. I think we owe that to each other to absolutely. do our best. You know, I mean, we're always gonna, there's gonna be issues with everything, but if we do our best, you know, that's all we can do.
0: But be aware of how you impact people. That's right. Absolutely, absolutely. It's important, awareness.
1: Yeah. That's awesome that you were able to even recently pinpoint what brought you to the point you are now in the military career, but what brought you to where you are on the investing side or what got you started in the investing side?
0: Yeah. So growing up, I didn't have much, right? So, but one of the things that I didn't really have, I had a few, but I didn't have a lot of people telling me that things were not possible, right? But on the other side, I didn't I didn't have a lot of people telling me what was also possible. Right. Right. So, you know, so I didn't have a lot of limits in belief. Right. But what I what I've been able to do ever since high school is build relationship. Mm-hmm. I have a genuine love for people, right? But not just any whole people. I like people who have a a, a, a good mindset, yeah. right? Or, or a good character, good spiritual, you know, feel. Like when you're in your presence, you can feel like this is a good person, right? And I, I believe that at, throughout high school, throughout life, I've surrounded myself with those kind of kind of individuals. And it, it just, just progressed over time to where, you know, I am the version of myself that, that I am today because yeah. of the company that I choose to, run, to surround myself with. But for the real estate, um, real estate aspect of um, who, who, I, who I am, what I do sometimes is, my dad was learning those carton sheets tapes and cassettes and he was driving around looking for properties buying distressed properties so on and so forth and he, he copied those tapes he, he shared his knowledge with me he was also a real estate agent um up in new york mm-hmm. and he shared that information with me too so i saw what my dad was doing so now i got i got a taste of you know a little bit of investment strategy also and a little bit of um, learning the real estate game as far as being a bro- being a realtor and also mm-hmm. in, being an investor right actually Right. So he was teaching me that as, as he was learning, and I, and, but I, I was not executing. So in 2001, when I got married, I applied for a loan because I wanted to buy a single family house. Keep in mind, this was in Hawaii. Right. And for on, on a, a, a corporate pay, yeah. it's, it's not a lot of money to buy, to, buy, um, to buy a single family house. You know, so I got approved for a little bit over $90,000 and that could not buy a shop to run. That could not buy a single family house. What I could have bought, I could have bought a condo. Right, but my paradigm was stuck in the single family space, you know. So I didn't, I did not execute. It was not until 20, um, 2005 mm-hmm. that I actually bought a condo. Bought a condo in May, uh, right before deployment. Put a renter in it. Went on deployment, and before I got back, we sold a condo. We made significant amount of, amount of money. Mm-hmm. Bought it for one sixty one. We sold it for two thirty five. You know, within a six months period, and that was a game changer <laughs> for us, right? But my paradigm was still. In the single family space, right you know so I rolled the money over to a single family home and with the hopes of you know continue riding the market and I got PCS ordered to leave Hawaii in, in, in 2009 mm-hmm. of course, we know what's going on in 2009 pretty much the bottom of the market right yeah so it cost me fifty five thousand dollars to sell that house you know um you know but that was a bit of a sweet situation yeah. you know um, but and so that was single family stuff and Baltimore single family did some living flips. Mm-hmm. Did some um, major flips done, done, in, done in Pensacola, Florida. Mm-hmm. And then we transitioned to the multifamily space in 2019. Very cool.
1: Very cool. That's yeah. a big growth in a short period of time too. You know, Especially when you're, uh, you know, someone listening might start thinking of it like, okay, 2005 to 2019, it's a period of time, but it's also a period of time. You're active duty military the whole time. Right. <laughs> yeah. So not all that time's yeah, at home.
0: So, <laughs> right. I, I, absolutely. So between, 2005 and 2019, I think I went on uh, approximately six deployments. Okay. Yeah. Right. So and this is this, this is um six months plus deployments. It's right. not not to include all the small detachment that we do, double T I ITX, yeah. um, and all over the place.
1: That add up so, quickly. They do. That time does add up quickly for sure. Yes, sir.
0: No, that's, that's awesome though. That's huge.
1: And then you, uh, when you did get into the multifamily, family uh, you know, I know you're doing your own, your own things now, like, right. You have a partner and you guys got something going on there. How long did it take you to go from like an introduction to for you, you know, your introduction into multifamily to, you know, going, Hey, cool, let's start this, you know, a company and, and build from there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, earlier, I mentioned that I didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of people telling me what was not possible. Right. Right. And, you know, but when I started making real estate as an investment business in in, in 2017, right, the goal was to get to multifamily. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so we did a flip in Pensacola. It, it took us 14 months. And then as, as you know, in, in a military operation we have, you know, whether it's, whether it's a deployment or a detachment or a, a combat move, whatever the case may be, we have a after action brief. Yes. We sit down, we talk about what went wrong, what went right, you know, how, could, uh, how should we do things better the next time? You know, so when Athena and I, we sat down and we look at our strategy of transition to the multifamily space and look at this, the, the project that took us um, 14 months from purchase to sell, Right. Um, we realized like, look, if we were doing that operation with a multifamily, we could have flipped 14 units in that in that um, apartment complex over that 14 months, maybe even more, you know, so rather than there. Because we understood um, and appreciate the value that multifamily brings to a real estate portfolio, we, um, we made a decision and we set a goal for the next 12 months, we will syndicate or co-sponsor, co-syndicate a 100 units um, within the next 12 months. And this was the mid of time, 2019. Okay. Right. Um, so by the end of 2019, uh, we co-sponsored um, 55 units in South Carolina. So we didn't quite make the 100 units. Right. But look at this, man. It, it was a big, audacious goal for us. Yeah. We had no idea how the hell we was going to purchase 100 units mm-hmm. in 12 months. But look, had we set that goal for 10 units... Yeah. We probably would have gotten
1: five. Yeah,
0: exactly. So when you're thinking big, Mm -hmm. then you know it's like shooting for, shooting for the moon, and amongst the stars. Yeah, 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 something like that. But we we shot for 100 units um, in 12 months, and we got 55. You know, so during that time, I also went to a Michael Blanc um, deal maker live. It's actually going on today, tomorrow, Mm -hmm. and the following day. I went to Michael Blanc real estate conference out in Dallas, Texas. Mm -hmm. And before went to before went to the the Conference had a good conversation with my, with my good friend Tim Kelly with Active Due to Passive Income. Uh, smiling, familiar, familiar oh, yeah, see you smiley from probably from
1: Kelly. Well, we actually uh, he did episode, his episode was just uh, released last week. Uh, did that with him and another, uh, he's a swimmer in uh, Pensacola, right? right. Yeah, yep, yep. We you know yep. same people, same friends.
0: <laughs> yes, small world, very this small. Is, Yes, this is the reason why um, character is important, reputation mm-hmm. is important, right? So there's been all around good person is important, especially yeah. in, the, in this real estate in, in, environment. You know, so before the, converse, before the conference, I had a conversation with Tim Kelly and Tim Kelly is a big mindset guy, he's a life mm-hmm. coach as well. And one of the things he talked about like Hutch, he asked me, Hutch, why are you going to this conference? Well, I'm going to this conference because I want to learn more about, about multi-family. You know, so it's pretty much a broad goal. You know, so Tim Kelly is the guy, he wants you to narrow things down and talk more specific to the things that you are committed to. And he asked the question, Hutch, why are you going to this conference? I said, well, Tim, you are more experienced, you know, educate me, brother. You're like, yes, when you go to this conference, you need to have some some things you're looking for. Are you, are you looking for a partner? You're looking to raise capital? You're looking for deals because you already raised capital, so on and so forth. You know, so I said, I said look, so he, um, Tim, I need to get off this island. I'm on an island right now. Um, Athena and I are by ourselves, and we yeah. need to get off the island. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, look, we need to expand our network and mm-hmm. not being isolated. So going to this conference, and I know I needed, I wanted to to have a partner who who um, appreciate the market in the Southeast that we that we want to get into, and also someone who who have a good feel, right? Have a good feel when we have a conversation. Somebody we can disagree deeply with about a about a a, a situation and only speak on the situation and still maintain a relationship. And Dr. Jones Heath. Um, Is it, it, the one that um, that actually meet that criteria. We started off as um, accountability partner, so we got to learn each other. We mm-hmm. had an opportunity to drive to the market, Huntsville, Alabama, the market our favorite markets. And so we had probably over twenty hours of driving um, back and forth to market because I was drive would drive two hours to his house and then four hours up to Huntsville uh, to look to look at properties. So it's four hours there, four hours back. You know, a couple of different trip over a couple of different over a few months. Yeah, you know, so. Great guy. And that uh, we'll be doing in December of 2020. M and I, A Square Capital, we co-sponsored another 167 units in, in Georgia.
1: There you go. So so you hit that that's goal. You you No, but that's a great answer though. It, so they're they're made up for that uh, you know, that other 45 of your other goal and threw another hundred on top of it. That's huge. That's right. You know what I mean? That's 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 awesome, and that's a great story. And but I think that's a good point too that Tim made with you is to have those goals. And they might not be the same every time you go to something. It could be a different thing that you need at that point in time, right? Sometimes it might just be, like you said, getting off the island or just getting some motivation, being around people with some different ideas. But as long as you have a few things that you're looking for, you'll find them, right? If you just kind of go, just show up and you don't really have something in your mind that you're kind of paying attention to. Because I feel like when when you have wants, needs, or whatever it is that you're trying to put together, and you're you're conscious of those things, you you tend to find them a lot more quickly, right? Because you recognize those opportunities when they come up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, see the, the, the eyes will not see and the ears will not hear what the mind is not looking for, right? So so once you become aware of the future you're trying to create for yourself, mm-hmm. then now you you know it, it develops a curiosity like how big. Can I, can I create this future, right? How fascinating can I make it? What kind of generational changes can I make or improvement can I make to the Hutchinson bloodline? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it becomes beautiful. You know, curiosity feeds that passion and you can grow to a limitless potential.
1: Right, yeah, that's huge. And how about what are your, uh, you know, just moving out here, so now it's a little different. You'll be a little bit further away from, uh, you know, your business partner in this, so. What are your, uh, some of your goals, I guess, or what you're looking to do next, uh, you know, still back there? Or are you looking to spread to some other areas? How's that, how's that looking to work out?
0: Yeah, so, so the cool thing about, um, anyone listening to this, a cool thing about real estate is that um, mm-hmm. you live where you want to live and invest where the numbers make sense, right? I, I believe that that was, Real estate guys coined a phrase, we want to live and investment numbers make sense. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I heard it first. But, um, you know, our focus is still in the Southeast. We believe that there's a lot of growth. If you pick up the, the population, the, the continent of America look at the population trend, it's like someone shook it and a lot of folks are falling in the Southeast, right? So we mm-hmm. see a lot of growth in North Carolina, South Carolina, um, Georgia, Alabama, and um and, and Florida, right? So mm-hmm. we do like those markets because they continuously see in population growth. But of course, we know the Phoenix are growing, Texas is right. growing significantly, yeah. right? But we we favor the southeast because we have the boots on the ground there. Wow. Dr. Jones is still there, and with the area that we're looking in, it's a it's a day trip.
1: Right? And you and you have familiarity as well because you you know lived in the area and stuff. And I think that's a big. Uh, some people uh, I, I hear you know starting out will try to. I want to go over here because it's affordable to get into, or it's this or that, but they don't really have familiarity with the area and i think that's uh, you know that can be a mistake if you don't have people you trust or aren't familiar with it where it's like different in your case southeast you've been there you've worked there uh you've lived there and you have a partner there so you know i mean it just makes a lot more sense but you didn't just pull that out of a hat and go hey we're just gonna go do something across the country you know
0: yeah absolutely so pensacola is a beautiful place and if you if you look at it on the the tourism channel right or on youtube if people showing these beautiful beaches and beautiful hotels and all the good stuff right beautiful place yeah. but you look at an apartment, beautiful apartment, but it could be surrounded by a ghetto where you have to drive through some not so good part of Pensacola to get there. Right. And the same thing is true about Huntsville, even though a lot of places have been, have been, it's getting a lot of improvements, mm-hmm. right? So being able to drive to the market and get a good assessment of um, where you're going to put your investor capital. Because look, as a syndicator, it's important that I am the best or I am, I am a good steward or the great steward of investors' capital, right? Yeah. So. And it's a common phrase in the in the um space that look, you don't try to make a snow angel in the dog park, right? right? <laughs> look, you can improve your property as much as possible, but if it's in the middle of a class D neighborhood where shots are fired on a regular basis, yeah. no matter how much improvement you make to that property, you will never be able to execute that business plan, right?
1: Right, absolutely, absolutely. Well, man, that's, I mean, I think that's all good, good sound advice, especially I, and again, I keep kind of just thinking back to the mindset part, because again, that goes to, you know, it's not slowing you down, even moving cross country, business as usual, right? If anything, probably expanding. So, you know, just people just need to keep that in mind that there's always a way, right? There's always a solution. You might right, not be absolutely. right in front of you, but it's there.
0: Yeah. So like, like you know, being out here in California, in most cases, California is not a deal state. It, it's, it's a money state, right? It's pretty expensive. It takes a lot of money to, to live here. Right. And, you know, coming back here right now, I'm looking at my window. I would have turned my camera around, but then you won't, you wouldn't be able to see me in the brighter background. You know, but overlooking Escondido right now, it's it's so beautiful here. My mm-hmm. brother came out and visited me, visited me. Um he didn't want to go back to New York. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's a great place to live, you know. But um, what I've seen so far, it might not be the greatest greatest place still opportunities here. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not neglecting that still opportunities right. here, but um, we appreciate the the cap rates in the Southeast mm-hmm. and uh, our ability to improve those properties and um also improve efficiencies in the Southeast that right. get the property to perform better.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. I know a lot of the things that we do here, we do some different ones here and we partner, we actually will partner with some- some veterans on their first ones just to get them that experience. But where things have been good is just looking ahead of what's coming. So not just, you know, Hey, how can we add the after repair value to this property and, you know, what's the rent and stuff, but just paying attention to what's already around that is up and coming. Like what kind of what's the city paying To renovate, what's the city pushing dollars into to build business? What's the city putting into these different areas, or or schools, or other big businesses? Because if you're paying attention to those things and you kind of buy ahead of that, and you know it it just grows exponentially as someone else infuses that money for you. You know, yeah. so again, yeah, so there's always, way. right? There's always a, there's always a way you can find a solution to pretty much anything, but that's- Yeah, and that's uh,
0: and that's pretty much what, that's, what's what we do in the multi-family mm-hmm. space, right? We, we solve problems because look, somebody could be up, uh, operating this property for tens of years. Yeah. And you coming in with a fresh pair of eyes, just like- as you, as you see in the military, the reason why we move around is yeah. so that you, your paradigm is not stagnated, uh-huh. right? You get to go into a new command and you get to see new potential, bring new fresh ideas, right? And somebody replace you, also bring some new fresh ideas up mm-hmm. to a situation that you thought was great. Same thing in the multi-family space, right? We get to identify those opportunities. And if you're solving problems, then you will always be successful.
1: That's true. Yeah. There's, in in whatever market. Well, because there's always problems, right? There's always problems right. to be solved. We won't run out of those. No, that's sure. huge. Well, and, uh, and I think in business in general, for anybody listening, that's also, you know, may not even be strictly real estate, but are trying to, you know, let's say you leave in the military and start any kind of business. If you find a problem to solve and you can do that, then you've got a business for as long as they have that problem right? Or as long as that, that thing's an issue. So I think anything that you do, if you can find that problem and and you have a solution for it, then, then you're going to be okay. You're going to be able to keep growing and keep moving. That's a great stuff. And I'm glad to see that, you know, uh, that progression, it's good to hear other people's progression because everyone's different, you know, everyone's reasons or their progression of how quickly or, or why it got to where they did is different as well. But with you being active duty as well, the kind of secondary impact of that is other people are seeing you do it that, you know, on a personal level that maybe you're not even talking about these things with on a regular basis, but they see you do it. Then someone else then knows it's possible. And it maybe knew you from before you were doing it, or whatever the case is. And then says, Hey, cool. Maybe I can do this too, or I can do my own version or my own business or whatever the case is. So there there's, you can't underestimate or just understate that impact as well, you know,
0: yeah absolutely it go back to your point earlier about the things you say and the, the kind of um the example that you set right people always watching for example, I did a a LinkedIn post recently, and that post got over fifty seven thousand views oh, wow right that's a that's probably the biggest one that I, that I did right and but that's views and there was only about three three hundred um comments
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um a little bit more. Of um, people who actually interacted, but you know, to the point, people are always, always watching yeah. what you're doing, right? Whether they want to, whether they want to mirror what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, um, to, to check your path of success. Because look, success leave clues, and yeah. so does failures. Right. And the way we, the way we figure that out is so we are so interconnected nowadays, especially with social media, we are able to identify success. We're able to identify failures to ensure that we can mirror those success and acknowledge those failures. So we don't make, we don't make the same mistakes. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I like being able That's to be true. an example for folks and I'm, I can just trust that I'm setting the best, best example for others, other service members who are on the tail hands of their, their career. I call them people that look like me, right? <laughs> yeah. um, serving, serving yep. to retirement and, um, looking for something else that fuels their passion. And of course, also ensuring that it's solving some problems as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, that's huge. And, uh, you know, you mentioned before, like the after action brief or action after action reports. And it's funny, we were talking about that last night in this, uh, Roundtable we were doing, and it's come up before. Is anything that you're doing? Just sometimes it doesn't have to be something even formal. Like yeah, in a big investment deal, right? You you want to and sit down. Okay, cool, what could we have done better? What could we, you know, what went really well? What do we want to do? What do we want to make uh, as part of the system that we do every time? And what do we want to get rid of fully, right? Uh, but right. also, not everything has to be. You can look at so many different things. With that same type of mindset and it might just take two or three minutes you know of like any kind of interaction that happened maybe a meeting that didn't go well as well or one that went exceptionally well and you're like why was that why did that go better than normal and just in a few moments you can usually come up with one or two things that that caused this interaction to go one way or the other and um before when you talked about the the fresh perspective and in the military transferring i just I get like, you know, especially with family and whatever that can be, it can be a tough situation when you have to pick up and move a whole family different places. But as far as on the military side, I think that provides such an opportunity because you can brought, you can break down that, like, let's just call it three-year blocks and essentially do your little after action review of your three years of how you led, how you followed, how you interacted. And it doesn't take a lot of time. You can just take a minute to survey, look back and go, you know what? I could have done this part better. I could have been a better, you know, follower in this area. I could have led a little bit better in this area. And really you can go because you get to recreate whatever you want every three (laughs) years, you know, the, the, the hutch from last year, like the hutch from a month ago, doesn't have to be exactly the hutch going for you won't be because you've got (laughs) new experiences to add. Right.
0: That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you got, 36 one month mm-hmm. it's kind of like um our, our recruiters when they when they go on the on the, on the streets right um you know success is based on their ability to recruit um their predetermined number every yeah. single month yeah you know so they, they have monthly goal every single month right so the cool thing about yes it's, it's it's challenging for the family but you at least know that you are not in this location especially plan a retirement mm-hmm. you are not retiring you are not in this location forever you got at right. least 36 months. Now, and if you really think about it from that, you know, imagine if we have 36 months to live, mm-hmm. what action would we take? Yeah. See, it's not that drastic in a military move, but at, at the same time, you have 36 months to make an impact. Yes. To create a legacy, right? To implement and influence changes, mm-hmm. right? How will you spend that 36, one months, you know? And like you said, the hutch today wasn't the hutch five years ago. Yeah, right. Um, I had some things that happened that that changed it. But yeah, you know, when you when you look at our responsibility in leadership from that perspective, it, it makes you more engaged, and it, it makes you want to create more, more, a better future for yourself, for your Marines, for your family, at, right. at least. You know I mean?
1: Right. Something else that um, has come up, and there's a lot of people. There's a lot of great people out in the world that share a lot of stuff. But um, yeah, something's come up a couple times, and just with other people in the real estate side um, in the military or, or, or veterans, that there tends to be uh, not really a, a scarcity mindset and people share more freely. And that's something that I've come to really appreciate too. Uh, people generally want those people they're working with to do better. And it's not like, hey, I'm, I'm getting mine and moving forward. People are like, want to share that and be like, hey, look, you can do it too. Like there's enough for everybody, but, but, you know, get started and come do this.
0: Yeah, Absolutely absolutely. The abundant, the abundance mindset.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, Hey, uh, again, I won't take up your whole morning since, you know, you're, you're probably still unpacking a little bit, but, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, I know how that
0: goes. Got a little maze going on through the house. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: right on. But anything that you don't, you know, anything you want to say right before we leave, like our, uh,
0: yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So Dr. Jones and I, our mm-hmm. goal is to bring, is to bring veterans and a high net worth individual together. And so, yes, we understand that high net worth individual, they have a problem that they want to solve, right? Whether it be cash flow or, you know, not paying significant amount of money on taxes. So we do offer that benefit for them in the multifamily space. But our focus seems to be more um, the veterans. How can we get them to get their time back? See, we know that a lot of folks, um, they serve 20 plus years in the Marine Corps as myself, right? And one of the things we're looking for after retirement is, um, is cash flow. Right, and with a lot of folks, we get out of the military, we retire, and the focus is how can I leverage my 20 plus years experience in the civilian sector, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, right? right. But what Heath and I would like to see is the time commitment to the civilian sector after 20 years of retirement is is compressed. You know, so we open to bring them on board, providing some education and putting them with um, high net worth individuals to actually get some of their time back so right. that they don't have to work another 20, 30 plus years in the civilian sector. You know, they can actually enjoy life even before what to consider age of retirement. Right on. You know, so, yeah. So additionally, what we committed to as well is we're donating 10% of all our acquisition fees to nonprofit organizations that benefits our veterans, you know, so that's our way of giving back um, to our, to the veteran community.
1: Awesome. That's huge, man. That's awesome. Well, hopefully we can get some people connected to you, uh, to, to help do that, you know, so you can help them. But if anybody you know, wants to be connected with Hutch, I know I, we found him on LinkedIn and as Hutch, the Marine Investor. And then also you can just go to expertspodcast.com and just mentioned that you want some information for him. I won't throw his his uh, cell phone or anything out there now, but we'll definitely get you in contact <laughs> with him to answer any questions. I'm sure you don't mind you know, answering questions if we get some in from uh, people or get some contacts. So please don't yeah, hesitate so to reach out.
0: I also co-host with my partner, Dr. Jones, the, the Multifamily Real Estate Experiment Perfect. Podcast. We also have a weekly meetup. It's called the Southeast Multifamily Investor Meetup mm-hmm. on Mondays at 7, Central, 7 p.m. Central. And that's every Monday. Our next one is going to be about 1031 Exchange. So we bring on some experts Ooh. that talk to some things that are beneficial to active and passive investors. You know, there's an education platform um, for people who are interested in the multifamily space.
1: Perfect. That's huge. That's huge. Yes, hey, man, I appreciate your time, Hutch. Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, getting to network with you and do some stuff out here as well.
0: Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Okay, thanks a lot.